welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Build It, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode three, Over the Top. Now, gentlemen, I believe we did a great disservice to our, our fan base, our tens of fans out there all over the world. <laughs> and in the first two episodes, I realized we have not done any kind of an introduction to anybody to, to know whose voice is whose and where we're from and what our story is and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to just go around like musical chairs and figure out who we are, where we're from, what we're doing, what kind of history we have. You guys up for that? Absolutely. Sure. As long as I don't have to go first. All right. <laughs> Colton, you want to kick it off? Hell yeah. Hey, yeah. So I'm Colton. Um, our brand is Colt Crit. Uh, me and my wife run it. Uh, it's mostly me now. I've uh, been full time with it here in Houston. Uh, coming up on a year, it'll be a year in about a month and a half. But uh, I got started woodworking about six, seven years ago and kind of different from most stories. Uh, not getting into it because I had a love for wood or tables or anything yet. Um, I had this idea that, which I talked about this a little bit in our, in our first pod, but I had this idea, kind of a, a, a niche item. It was going to be, you ever seen those boards that have the, the bottle caps in them? Normally in the, in the shape of like a state or a, a Greek letter. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to make those except with Copenhagen can lids. And with skull two or just Copenhagen's? Uh, yeah, I was going to try to uh, expand it on there, which unfortunately <laughs> some of them did have different tops on it, but the first one I was trying to nail down was Copenhagen. And um, yeah, and so I was trying to make them by hand and the idea was to make them just enough to prototype and then find a manufacturer to make them, right? And little did I know and how much, yeah. But in the process, someone told me about a CNC router. And I was like, that sounds really easy. I uh, went to Inventables, uh, got their 1,000 millimeter, and had a payment plan. And I was like, I can do that. And so from there, you know, people just messed around with some cutting boards and charcuterie boards and stuff. And then uh, slowly, bit by bit, learned more about woodworking and uh, still learn every day, but a lot more comfy now in the rest of it. And I try to keep things off the CNC when I can um, and things on it when I for other things, I guess. But yeah, um, so yeah, I went full time with the the wood woodworking. I had enough backlog to pay for like two months of my mortgage, and which in hindsight that was way too early to jump. But I saw a pattern right for about a year, a little over about two years, I guess. I had like I was just always working down backlog right in the afternoons and. Uh, in the evenings and weekends, right? And I'm not afraid to stay up late, right? So I was working two jobs and I could never get, like I had all these like, what I thought were like creative ideas that I wanted to make. And I just never had the time to it because I was always working off backlog uh, of stuff that we had sold before, selling most of it through through social media, uh, our Instagram at the time mostly. And yeah, so I, I jumped and then about two months later, I had a TikTok video blow up of a set of cornhole boards that I made that were just ridiculous. Uh, epoxy resin inlay, then backlit with an LED and like custom logo in the center. 
and wasn't even trying to sell them on, on TikTok. I was just trying to, I was like, oh, I'll post this awesome video and then uh, uh, it'll drive the rest of the business, right? And uh, that, no, that very quickly took over the entire business and I've been uh, catching my tail since. And which today, actually, I got down to inbox zero, no more responses. And I, it, it's a pretty vigorous plan, but I have a plan to be done with it in two and a half weeks. And, All 30 remaining sets? There you uh, go. Yeah, oh, we're down to uh, 29 now. Awesome. Dude, it, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Uh, this whole uh, last eight months, man, it's been the biggest test of like my life so far. Um, luckily my wife is solid and she, she hasn't been helping me out as much cause uh, she had some burnout as well, but, uh, she's starting to get back in the shop now and I don't know. She definitely supported me and yeah, we're, we're almost done, but, but yeah, awesome. man, I have seen the, seen the darkness myself, like just overwhelming pressure. It's like an elephant sitting on your chest all the time. And if I'm not late for one thing, I'm late for another. And you can only stay awake for so many hours. Um, Correct. I, I pull, yeah, which I've only pulled one all-nighter this week. Um, hopefully that's my only one. But it may, may have to do it again later in the week to get these out and stay on this new schedule. But, All right. But, yeah, so that's, um, that's here from Houston, Texas, baby. All right. Jess, you want to go next or you want me to tackle it? No, I got it. Um, So basically, I moved to Tampa and started working for uh, a a lady that had a furniture store, home decor store. How long ago? This was probably, you know, I looked at it on Facebook not too long ago, probably 2015, 2017, something like that. I was making some stuff. I had a little shop and... Mostly refurnishing things, rejuvenating them, but that never really sold very much. And so I had all these different pieces of furniture. I made a bar. She and it was like all real rustic. That was what her store. Her store was called Architectural Salvage. So you know it was one of those places. So it sold right away. <clears throat> and she said, "Make me another one." So I made her another one. And then the relationship just kept growing and growing and growing. And then finally. Um, she got a warehouse and I said, why don't you let me come work for you and start making some things instead of you buying from all these different woodworkers around town. So she said, let's do it. So we started making custom stuff. We wound up doing things for restaurants, barn doors galore, all kinds of different things, anything you can think of. Um, it was very challenging and we made it very quickly too. We had a few people that worked for us and then eventually uh, we went our separate ways, you know, and and I had a handyman business on the side too, right before I got married to make extra money. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was crazy. I did that. I mean, they would work me seven days a week if I let them. So I did that for a little while. And then uh, I worked at a place that sold car parts. And one of and amongst, amongst all that, this guy that I made a bunch of furniture for as one of those customers from Marcotts through several different houses that he owned came to me and said, I want to start a wood shop. I'm retiring. I want to flip houses. I want to have a wood shop as like a business and I want you to do it. 
And he, and I, he said, what do I need to get? And I told him and he said, okay. And so it, we're at that point now we did it back in June and it's been, it's been a whirlwind. I I've helped him flip the houses, you know, because the guy that came to do that didn't, but he's getting his contractor's license now. So I'm going to focus more on the wood shop and, um, and, you know, I've made some built-ins and some other things. It's a dream. It's a dream wood shop. It's absolutely fantastic. So, so, so your handle on on your social platforms, <clears throat> Woodworks Tampa Bay, is that dedicated to two. the? Okay. There's two. So there's one. There's there's going to be there's one for the business, yep. which is Woodworks Tampa Bay, and then there's one for me, which is more about just me making things and about how it's made, and more of a personal one. And it's just build it. Okay. J e s s underscore build it. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, we'll all have to start following you then. Yeah. The, there's some more stuff to come. And we'll talk about that later tonight. Okay. But some things have changed as of like Saturday. Big things. Big things. Really big shoe. Really big things. What I've been hoping for ever since Workbench Con is going to happen even better than I expected. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so I'm Ross from RNC Woodworking and Design. The R is me. The C is my wife, Chris. And um, she and I started this because, in all honesty, she has restoration hardware uh, taste. And when we first got married, I had done woodshop back in high school. And then, obviously, during college and shortly thereafter, I didn't have a space to do it. But when we got married and finally got a house, she... I believe it was for Father's Day or my birthday one year, she got me a chop saw. And she was like, yeah, you mentioned that you used to like doing woodworking. This may be fun to help with some projects around the house. And little did she know that was going to re-spark everything as far as the creative passion and design. Uh, And that is literally nine years ago last month is when we moved into our house. So it was probably shortly thereafter that she got me the saw. And it was ridiculous i she she kept saying oh we need this for the house and we need that for the house and i was like i can't afford restoration hardware and it's mostly because i'm cheap because i'm half scottish by descent and the scots are known for having very deep pockets but short arms and i fit into that quite well so um i wanted to make sure that that uh i could give my wife what she needed on multiple fronts and uh that started out by making some furniture so I started out doing it, and then some of her friends saw the the work I was doing. It was a lot of coffee tables and benches. Uh, there was a a fad with restoration hardware that you had a super low coffee table with these massive turned legs that look like little pillars. Yeah, I probably made ten of those tables, yeah. and everyone and their mother was like, "Oh my god, you need to make me one of those!" And I was literally selling them for like two hundred dollars. <laughs> That was my next question. If you charged yeah. enough, yeah. Where'd you get so, the legs? Did you turn the legs? So no, no. I was ordering them from okay. TableLegs.com, and I could yeah. get a set of legs for like one hundred and thirty dollars, and I had another like seventy dollars worth of materials, and that's how I was making it. No, it was one hundred and fourteen dollars for the legs, and then so I was literally making like twenty dollars on each of these. You were making, and then money. I started to up my cost. Well, I mean, when I started out. Everything was just pocket hold. Nothing was done like well. So, what did you make the tops out of? 
I mean, most of the time I was doing it out of like two by twelves that I would mm-hmm. cut down and make the mm-hmm. the frame uh, top and bottom. Sure, sure. And then, I mean, they were solid. You weren't breaking them at any point, but it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to start making some money on this. And my shop was literally a 12 foot by 12 foot room behind our house. That was like a sunroom. And I was operating out of that for years. And then uh, the business that my dad has, which is an insurance business, the building that his business was in was going to start raising the rent by over a thousand a month. And he was like, Hey, I, I think I need a new place to, to move my business to. And I was like, I need a new shop. So he and I actually went in together and um, we, we split the rent and uh, I have a shop now that's about 2000 square feet and it is, Woo! yeah, it's ridiculous. It is everything I could ever want and more. And um, the only I've thing I'm, nice. I've, I've been able to upgrade machines, but the business has, since we moved in there, the business has really taken off because then I started taking over the social media page because my wife had been doing it before and she was coming at it more from a design side. And I came at it more from the woodworking side and I started to get more and more interior designers that started following us and reaching out. And then a lot of uh, realtors were starting to reach out about, Hey, I have this customer that just moved into this house. They need this, you know, built-ins or they need a table or they need whatever. So it all just started to kind of grow word of mouth. And I had a very short stint of doing the cutting boards and the what have you's that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But my mainstay is, is utilizing locally sourced lumber, uh, mostly just locally sourced slabs and being able to make furniture out of that so that I can tell people, Hey, this tree came from down the street or from your front yard or wherever. So that's great. You have a pretty hefty planer, right? Yeah. It's a 20 inch five horsepower helical planer. Get her done. Yeah. yeah, I guess you need that for, for locally sourcing everything. Dude, but it is. Is it dry? I, so I get a lot of the lumber literally fresh off the sawmill. Now, like I actually help work the the sawmills with the guys. I know two or three guys that have mills, and I, I go to them because I get trees basically for free. Uh, there are tons of like old growth trees around me that come down. And I work with the local municipalities and they have me come pick them up. They typically give me like a 48 hour window and I come pick them up with a trailer and I stockpile them until I have enough to go to the mill. And then I go to the mill about once a quarter and mill everything up and I can do 11 or 12 trees in about three or four hours. And uh, I mill everything. I basically cut one flat part. Then I rotate it 90 degrees and slab everything at at least eight, if not 10 quarter slabs. And then I bring them all into my shop and I have fans going 24 seven and they're all ratcheted together. Not the fans, mm-hmm. but the boards, the, all the slabs. And then it takes about six months to get them down with the constant air movement and the temperature control. Man, so, I'd, like to, I'd like to see that. Uh, you should post a picture of that on our Instagram. I can do that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. That's so. pretty cool. That's my business in a nutshell. Yeah. You know what? I never thought of. So everyone hears about get a hold of a, a realtor for cutting boards, right? Like yeah. that's a, the easy closing thing, right? Yeah. You know, I've done it before. And um, yeah, you always hear that, but I never thought about getting with a realtor as far as like, like the big boy construction. 
like doing the, like the built-ins and all that jazz. The amount of times that, especially during COVID, when all the contractors were like so bogged down, and they're like, "Yeah, I would love to help you, but I'm booked out till 2023." I got a ton of work off of that because this is technically my side hustle. I do have a full-time job still. You guys are both doing woodwork full-time. Technically, I do this full-time as well, and I don't sleep a lot. But my day job Mm -hmm. is selling whiskey. And I've been doing that now for 15 years. And so uh, there's a lot of times that I get hooked up with people via the whiskey game who need shelving for their whiskey. Or I get hooked up with a realtor who's like, hey, this person bought a house and they need something – done fairly quickly and you're the person we need so it's worked out yeah, well I feel, I feel like the two of those could go hand in hand pretty well yeah yeah woodworking and whiskey has been a a very big fan favorite for a lot of people recently yeah. so yep all right hey do you have a suggestion for for a bourbon for for uh for next week I'll, I'll i mean well, yeah what are you uh what are you feeling price wise what do you want to spend Oh, uh, 50, 60 bucks on a fifth. Okay. I'm going to do you one better. If you can find it, and it's a little tougher to find, early times bottled in bond. It's typically like a 20 to $25 bottle. It is absolutely ridiculously good for that price. It's a hundred proof bottled in bond whiskey that Ooh. it's a screw top, but it is ridiculously good. So check that one out. Hey, if it's not a plastic bottle, I'm down. Well, awesome. even if it is, if it's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we used to we used to drink uh, Grants. There's a blended yeah. scotch. I but, do know um, it. Yep, still still a a glass bottle. But uh, my my buddy Matthew uh, turned me on to him, and we made this cocktail. It's called the Concord Dandy. And what, what was in the it. Concord Dandy? So it's a basically a Kentucky Mule. But with okay. a blended scotch. Okay. And then you add cherry. Okay. And um, yeah, we named it because we lived on Concord Hill. And then a, a dandy donkey is like a cherry whiskey mule or just a cherry mule, something like that. Have so, you yeah, ever yeah. ordered a Lindsay Lohan? Uh, no. no. It is a redheaded slut mixed with Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Redheaded <laughs> slut. That was the first drink I ever had when I turned 21. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I was obsessed with Patron shots. I thought that's what all the, the cool kids were doing when I was 21. The, uh, so I actually did not drink a sip of alcohol until I was 21. And uh, Really? On, in all honesty, I was, I was a straight-edge music scene kid, and uh, I didn't get I, – I still to this day have never done any recreational drugs. Just it was never my thing. And I didn't start drinking until I turned 21, and the first thing I ever had – was a vodka and cranberry juice at a bar in college, and the vodka they had was five o'clock vodka, and it tasted like rubbing alcohol. Yes. And I was Ooh. like, why would anybody ever want to drink <laughs> And I still, to this day, am not a clear spirit person. I can do whiskey all day. Mm. I got to a point in early in my whiskey career that I was taking down between a bottle to a bottle and a half of scotch every night, and I was almost completely sober. My tolerance was through the roof. Mm. It was scary for a while, but that's, I, I don't drink a ton anymore because I was paid to drink for a living for eight years. But, um, yeah, I do enjoy good whiskey. Oh, very well. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on, boys? What's uh, Colton, obviously, big news. 
your big news was obviously that you know you started to, to clear out the inbox and you're on yeah. to a two and a half week timeline. So my question is, you finish these two and a half weeks, is the ePay cornhole board next? Absolutely. Uh, also, I was thinking we do it as a giveaway as well. I am somebody, down for that. Like I don't know, like just to promote the podcast, like like. Whoever. I think you should every, time, every friend you tag, you get a name in the bucket or whatever. I think you and, should the logo on there, the the best oh, podcast put onto yeah. the EPA cornhole board. Oh yeah, um, and then we could, I could do it with the laser maybe, and then uh, just so it's still outdoor worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we can just make it custom for whatever the yeah. Let's yeah, let's do that. I love that idea. It's okay, gonna be uh, a heavy cornhole board. Yes, oh yeah. It will. <laughs> well, that, that's why it's uh, meant to stay outside, man. You just put it in one spot, and it's going to stay there. Yep. That's right. Never moving. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen one. Have you? No. Nobody has no. ever thrown away that much money. I did oh. see a cornhole board that had dovetails for the frame. Yeah. And that, that was impressive. Yeah, that sounds pretty. incredible. You know what? Let's do dovetails for this one, too. Oh, <laughs> Oh man, I'll make a video on it. Dude, that'd be awesome. That would that would be sick. <laughs> so, okay. I, yeah. Um, what else was there? Jess, what's oh, that? So, oh, go ahead, Colton. Oh, I, I was gonna distract us, but uh, man, do y'all ever have like joint pain, like like specifically from woodworking? It's like my elbow. Yes. Like I think I have tendonitis or something. So I, I overuse my grip, right? Like, um, you know, instead of grab, grabbing a clamp, like I'll just manhandle something and, you know, put a nail in it, whatever. Um, then also in my main work area, I built kind of like a French cleat system, but it's like above your head, right? It's come from the rafters. And so yeah. I'm always reaching up and grabbing semi-heavy tools. And, dude, uh, that's why I got this arm band on right now. But it's uh, it's killing me in I was wondering if it was just from like lack of sleep and stress that was making it worse, but I don't know. Do y'all ever have that? Like, go ahead. My lower back, my lower back is usually what hurts from like leaning over my work for a long period of time or standing on concrete all day. Yeah. And then sanding, like my hands will like lock up. They'll like, like my thumb and uh, uh, my middle finger will like start to cramp from like sanding little things like uh, what I were doing cabinet doors, for instance. And I'm trying to get in those little quarters and I'm doing it for hours because there's 30 doors and my hands start to cramp up and my neck, my neck always hurts. My neck always hurts. Mm. So your um, neck, your back. My... <laughs> <clears throat> you're just going you know, down the list your, here, your Jess. Cat, your cat and your crack. Yeah. yeah. Something in my crack. Yeah. It all hurts. It all hurts. Mm-hmm. The sweat down your balls. Yeah. <laughs> skeet, skeet. Yeah. Skeet, skeet. <laughs> Dude, so one thing with the concrete floors, I put fatigue pads um, yes. all, all over my shop. So there's these strips you can get from Harbor Freight. It's like $10 for like maybe like an eight foot by two foot strip. Mm-hmm. And those work perfect, which I actually, they stepped down pretty quick. So I, I doubled them up. But it, it was still a lot cheaper. Um, I had heard about someone using, uh, like, the flooring they put in horse trailers, like yeah. the real thick rubber. Yep. But that it didn't come out price-wise to be any better, honestly. So, uh, yeah, I just got the, the Harbor Freight ones. And, yeah, they, I think they saved me. I, uh, I know for me, 
I have some of those anti-fatigue mats. I have one in front of my computer. I have one behind my workbench. But I didn't want them all over the shop because they do make it a little bit more difficult to clean up afterwards. Mm-hmm. And my problem is that I I have typically four to five projects going at a time. I try not to, but I sometimes do based on what's what's needed. And there's a lot of times that I have to move stuff around and if you're not if you're not trying to get around, you know, floor mats that are not totally stuck to the ground, it does make it easier to move some projects around. So Yeah, I roll some stuff. I have some rolling carts and yeah. some rolling tables. So my my two of my three work tables are like adjustable height. I made them out of that like that guy made them out of out of a motorcycle lift from Harbor Freight. I made two of them and I, but I put them on a big base so they wouldn't tip over. And, you know, I, I'm always adjusting things like today we had to mock up uh, a built-in that we're doing to make sure the top fit. By the way, I bought Walnut. I bought that Walnut. Nice. I was telling you about $7 and 28 cents a board foot. And um, it was nice. It was a little bit random. Like some of it was eight foot. Some of it was six foot. But, like, I mean, one of them was eight foot long and 12, 13 inches wide, not a knot in it. Hmm. So, <clears throat> you basically, the reason that we get it so cheap is you don't really get to pick, right? It's, like, random. Um, there's some knots, like, in a bad spot. So, if you needed to, let's say, make an eight foot long table, I'd have to talk to them about it and make sure, listen, this is what I'm making. So, they have to be clear of these eight, you know, enough to make this. But, um if you just willy nilly it, the price is great and God, it's so pretty. I haven't used walnut in so long. I'm oh, so, so sad. Nice. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, not, it's a lot softer than I thought that yes. I remember. Yep, it's a lot softer, and it, it the grain really raises really fast when mm-hmm. you clear it. Sure does. You know? It's like I, I probably should have water popped it. Quick sidebar, but, and I apologize for interrupting, but uh, and obviously <laughs> our listeners can't see this, but did you get a massive bee tattooed on your hand that wasn't there before? Yeah. I yeah. saw that last episode. I, I was wondering. I wasn't confident enough to ask, though. Yeah, I don't remember that being there, but that's literally well, the Well, remember entire- we talked about tattoos, but you a-holes never even asked me what I was getting. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> I feel selfish now. That is, yes, that is literally a massive B that's the size of the top it, of your hand. Is it a B on there to uh, remind you to be careful when running table saw so you don't lose a finger? I have a couple good stories about why I have it. All Do you right. want to hear them? Sure. Uh, one, bees represent teamwork, and uh, bees are the most important one of the most important animals to our ecosystem, to our trees and stuff. Correct. Uh, my daughter's name is Brooklyn, but everybody calls her BB. But really, I just saw it on Pinterest and thought it was cool, so I got it. That's there you go. Much, That's all that you need. That's pretty much all it was. I got this too. I got the date we got married. We haven't gotten married, Jess. I did. And Ashley got Ashley oh, got that too. You and your wife got, got I was gonna say yeah. we've only known each other like a month. Like we haven't gotten <laughs> married. I've got an I got another one on my leg. I don't know if I can get it up though. I got I got four. I don't need I you there. to tell us if you can get it up, Jess. That's for you and your wife <laughs> I to get it up. Palm tree right there. Oh nice. Yeah, he Man, I wish I could see your video. I still can't. And then and then he got the lady, he made her boob look better right there. <laughs> Yeah. How if you had to put a number as to how many tattoos you have? How many are you at? Um 
I don't know. You have to let me think about it. All right, you like think sessions, about that. like different times I've been, or like like the leg piece counts as one. Oh, but there's not individual no. tattoos within it that make yeah, up the big leg piece. Yeah, there's individual. There's like a hammer thing. I don't know. There's like four there. There's like three, four on my chest. I got one on my two on my neck. Right before got, he did the hammer, did you tell the tattoo artist to stop because it was hammer time? <laughs> no, but the first hammer that she drew was like some stupid like finishing hammer. And I'm like, I don't want that. I said, at least do a straight claw hammer. She's like, what are you talking about? So we had to we had to argue about that for a minute. But uh, no. She did pretty good with the wood grain, though. The first one I ever got was in Jamaica. I was smoking pot with some guy, and he was drawing uh, in the lobby. He would do like, you know, your portrait. Yeah, I'm on. But he also did tattoos. And he smoked a spliff and then <laughs> came and tattooed my shoulder. And did he tattoo you, man, right near the beach? Yeah, we sat on the balcony, as a matter of fact. Lord of mercy. It was glorious. <laughs> it was glorious. So, the big news for me. Big news. Really the big, big news. news. What do you got? Yeah. So, this is the really big news. So, remember I told you we were making a presentation for my boss yes. about our next steps, where we wanted to be. I wanted to get a CNC and I was trying to figure out, I need help with the social media because one, I just barely have any time. And um, I think it would be better for somebody just to do it full time. That's invested in it with me. Yeah. AKA my wife. Okay. And so we made this big, long presentation slides, the whole thing. And now you got to realize this guy was like CEO of a multi, multi, multi billion dollar corporation. Right? Okay. So he was impressed that I was doing that anyway, I think. And he said it was pretty good. There's a lot of things we'll talk about one day, but he was like, yeah, okay. Like that was like pretty much it. And he was more worried about me and my wife working together and like getting mad you know, because sometimes when you that work, he's a like, viable concern. He's like, I've done this with thousands of employees and I've seen this dynamic. And he's like, I'm worried that it's going to cause some sort of problems between you. That's really what was more important to him because we're all close. Me and him and his wife and my wife and his wife. Like, it's like we're it's it's a pretty he's a down to business guy. Yeah. But he's just like, here, here, just just go. Just go do it. If you need help, or you have questions. I'll coach you. Just just go do it. Yeah. You know, that was the deal. So, yeah. So the end of May. We're getting a CNC, I think, a 5 by 10 I think, because he hasn't told me exactly. Because he, it's weird, because he texted me, and he said, send me the ones. So I sent him the Phantom. Okay. That me and you talk about, yep. right? And then I sent him the Shop Saber. Yep. Like you, that you want. Yep. Right? Because it's like all American made, and a lot of C companies get their parts from them. Yep. And then I I sent him a Laguna. Yep. So some nice ones, yes. right? And he said, I want to know what the average, what the minimum price is for our shop. Yep. Like what can we start with? And then what's about the average price of a CNC? Yep. So I told him, you know, well, if you get a tool changer uh, or a five by 10, the spindle's faster. The tool changer ones are more expensive. So, you know, you're looking in the, in the 40s probably or the high thirties to get one with a tool changer and, and a five by 10 table and the five and by the 10. vacuum yeah. table. Right. And the vacuum table was very important because yep. we're probably going to make a lot of small stuff for the stores around us. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that for a while. Um, 
but he kind of said, you know, like, what, what is it that you want? I said, this is what I want. I want to start, forget about the tool changer because, you know, let's just take the first step. If we're using this so much that I got to change tools all the time and that's going to make us more efficiency, then let's do, you know, then we'll just, we'll, I feel like every time I find out somebody bought a CNC in a year, they're buying another one Yeah, because they can't keep up. So uh, the five by 10 with the uh, uh, vacuum table on the Phantom, it's about the best price, I think, for, for it. Um, the shop saber was just a little bit too much, but that doesn't mean that we won't go yeah. to a shop saber afterwards. I do, I do, I did do some research too. They are made pretty, they're a little bit different. They're made a little bit different. They're, yeah. they're really good. So that's going to happen in Ashley start May 15th. That's awesome. May 15th, full Woo. social media by computers, the whole deal. So I'm going to start filming a little bit here and there and she's going to, we're going to get a, get a handle on it trying to try to start getting a vibe and uh, she's going to show me what she knows and and then um the other thing is what was the other thing that i was going to tell you uh oh our podcast Bench yes. Talks podcast we're going to kind of screw around with that starting it up using some of the software um you're going to do your like own podcast Wix. on top of this Wix. podcast no i don't want to do another podcast that they um we're going to work on the site. Oh. I mean, you guys can take a look at it and stuff and try to get our website going, and that'll be a good thing for her to get used sure. to. Sure, sure. Because we're going to design a site and put our stuff on it as well as some cabinets and some other things. Absolutely. All right. You know your uh, what website builder you're going to be using? I would assume Wix. I would assume Wix. I used Wix to build my handyman one, and it worked pretty good, and they've gotten even more impressive lately. So... I'm all about it. Good, yeah. Some Wix and Chad GPT. Yeah. So, what is that? What is that? It's AI that um, answer does tasks basically. Yeah. Do you guys remember Microsoft used to have that little paper clip that would show up? Yeah. Like, I want to give you a hint. And you're like, Go away, Clippy. Yeah, it's Clippy. Yeah, yeah, he would show up at the most inopportune times. Colton, you yeah. may be too young for that. I don't know. What uh, are you? No, like, I, I know Clippy. Yeah. Clipping. yeah, I would get on the computer to play um, pinball. There you go. And I see Clippy. And Minesweeper? Minesweeper, yeah. Oh, Minesweeper, yeah. Classic game. That is a good game. Classic games. Um, so I have to uh, admit, since we recorded the last podcast, um, my ePay bench build video on YouTube has doubled in views, which is awesome. All right. Uh, I, I will admit the most views I had had for any video prior to that was like 1500 views. And in just over a week, I'm at like 700 views, which I know is nothing in comparison because a lot of the, the big boys, you got to get 10,000 views for every like hundred dollars you get or some nonsense. So if you're getting half a million views, you're still only getting like five grand off of it, which is, it's Nothing to you know shake a stick at, but I'm nowhere near to that point. But either way, I've gotten to 100 followers so far on YouTube in just over a month, which is great. All right. And uh, I'm at 700 views so far for that uh, video. So I actually just wrapped up two projects for the same customer, and I delivered it this week. And it was the outdoor uh, outdoor dining table 
and an indoor cabinet. So I'm hoping to pump out the video for those over the next few days and, and release that this weekend. So trying to get yeah. a little bit better timing to be able to, we'll see if I can edit this one a little faster. I know I don't have 14 hours of footage. I'm closer to like four. So I'm hoping. What are you uh, editing and, and what's your uh, platform for that? So I use InShot, whether it's on mm-hmm. my phone or on my tablet. That's what I prefer to, to edit in because one, it's free and two, I know it really well and it does pretty much everything I need. Uh, the audio editing for this, I couldn't even tell you. It's I think it's called Soundbar or something like that. But uh, I come from a background of, of music editing. So it's really weird for me to go to a totally stripped down something. I'm used to working with like huge programs that can have like 48 tracks of audio at once. Pro Tools? Yeah, like oh, Pro Tools type thing. I'm used to that. And so going to something that's like, just put the audio in. Do you need to compress it? And I'm like, wait, why is this so simple? Like this is, uh, but either way, I've, I've, I've started to get some traction on some things since we learned what we learned at WorkbenchCon. I have added almost 500 new followers to my Instagram feed. I've grown TikTok by, I think, another 500 followers, somewhere around there. It's been a lot of progress in a month, which is great. I'm taking what I learned at WorkbenchCon a lot of the tricks and tips and stuff that we learned and trying to apply them so that things are a little bit more consistent. So I'm hoping. Yeah, uh, are you enjoying it? I am overall. Uh, there are definitely stretches. I've been on the road a ton. In fact, I'm on the road again right now. Um, I've been on the road a ton, both for personal and now for work. And I haven't had as much time to get content in the shop, but I'm doing what I can. So yeah, Ross, I want to applaud you, man. Every time I check my feed, there's something yeah. from you. You you are diligent, yeah. and uh, yeah, that good job. Thank you. I'm Very trying, good. and I'm even getting yeah. some 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 people to kind of feed into the stupidness of my posts. Oh, like, my posts. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dwayne Tate from Designs by Tate uh, or Bill by Tate. Um, I had posted a dad joke video where I was standing in front of a Ross dress for less the other yeah. day. And he actually sent me a video today standing outside of a Ross dress for less. Just like Ross, where are you at? Ross. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to tie that together and make some good videos. So it's, it's fun that people are feeding into the nonsense and I feel like it's actually starting to become a little bit more of my personality as well, rather than being All right. a little bit more, rigid before that and just putting out the build video Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a journey as we're all finding out not like the band journey i mean i don't stop believing but (laughs) i gotcha so do you guys still think it's a good uh idea for some of my i think some of my first full youtube videos are going to be one getting that CNC setup, I think that would be pretty interesting. It delivered. I think people would be interested to see what is it like when I really buy a CNC. And then the other thing is, um, you know, you know how I have some of the larger like tools, the reviews of them. Yeah. So and we had discussed this off air, but you have basically an entire Grizzly shop set up, but the, yeah. the high end or the larger size Grizzly. Yeah. Tools. The larger size. And there is 
basically no reviews of those. And you've been working with them now for what, almost a year, nine months or so? Yeah. Yeah. So you have a pretty good track record with them. I think it's something that people would definitely be interested in because I don't think I've ever seen a review on any of those tools. So even if you did a tool by tool listing out what the item number is uh, or the tool number is uh, review on YouTube, I think you would start to get quite a bit of a. How, how long do you think the video should be? I mean, it depends on the tool. Joiner. A joiner, I would probably say 10 minutes and under, unless you're giving okay. like a full breakdown on stuff. The sliding saw. That's probably one. a little bit more like 20, 25 minutes, because you're going to have to what talk about, about the pros and cons and how to use it and what have you. I have a 25-inch uh, planer. That's a massive planer. Holy. Yeah, it's a big – yeah, it's it's 15 horsepower, yeah. What? You have a Clydesdale <laughs> yeah. in there? Yeah, and it's programmed. You just touch the button and it does it. What? It's off by about ten thousandths of an inch, but yeah. Are you yeah, kidding me? A planer. fifteen horsepower planer. Yeah. Good lord! Yeah, you're the, the slider is seven and a half horsepower. Whew. The sliding themselves, and then the and then the 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 wide belt sanders twenty. You need the motor that. underneath it looks like a whiskey barrel. Holy crap. I should, I'm going to take a picture of it because nobody's – I was like, the lady's like, you, you're buying this? And we're like, yeah, we're, we're buying one. And she's like, we don't sell a lot of these. <laughs> so they brought it they because everything we were buying was in Missouri. Yeah, right? that's where their and distribution is. So the, except that. That was in Washington. Oh. So they drove that from Washington to there, and then they delivered it all in one truck. And check this out. When they delivered that stuff, yeah, I don't – I had a forklift, but I don't – have a loading dock. Yeah. Like the drum sander weighs 3,000, 32, 3,100 pounds. It was in the front of the trailer. Yeah. I had a forklift. We rented a forklift, but you couldn't drive the forklift in the trailer. So we had to take ratchet straps and chains, tie it to the, to the, the forklift, tie it to that pallet. He didn't have a skid steer. Or a pallet no, jack? No, the guy didn't have a pallet jack. A pallet jack wouldn't have picked it up anyway. Oh. Because the forks didn't even make it all the way through underneath the wide belt sander. They weren't long enough. Huh. So we had to put wood. Oh, it was like this crazy bunch of stuff that we had to do. The joiner. See, a lot of these things are made to pick up from above it. Yeah. So, for instance, the joiner, they send you a picture, and you're supposed to put ratchet straps on either side of the bed. They're strong enough. Yep. And you run the forks through that. And then pick it up and then move it where you want to move it and then set it down. Well, guess what? My ceilings are only 10 foot. So there was no way to do that because the forklift would hit the ceiling. Yes. So it was this constant – even the – the the um, we have a 7.5 horse, 27-inch uh, bandsaw. And it won't – How the, many horses is that? 7.5. Seven and a half horse. It's a big bandsaw, dude. You can fit every one inch and a half blade on it. Could inch and a half blade. You could cut through. Yes, literally. You like, can resaw something. You can resaw something twenty four inches tall. That's like the main like yeah. bow of a ship. Yeah, it fits an inch and a half blade <laughs> on it. An inch uh, and a half. Good lord. <laughs> so you can take. You know, and the thing is, is it's not that expensive compared to the others. It's not like that is less expensive than like a medium top end Laguna, 
for yeah. instance. And it's it's built like a tank. It's all solid cast iron. Now, that was the one thing that got damaged. That it, somebody hit it or it had fallen over and it had broke the trunnion and it had bent the plate on the motor and a couple other things. And so I called them and they're like, no problem. Just take a picture. They sent me all the parts and then the shipping company came and took pictures and I guess the shipping companies wanted to pay for it, but I fixed it. You know, it was yeah. fine. Uh, it took me about two days because one of the bolts they didn't include was bent and I had to figure out what that one was, but it took me a while to find it. But um, yeah, it works. It works perfect. It absolutely works perfect. Awesome. Uh, the blades on it are 181 inches. 181 inches? That yeah, is it's a, a weird size. Blade. Yeah. But it's great because I resaw stuff with it. Um, where where do you buy nice- the blades at? You know, um, it was one of those people that suckered me in on Facebook. It, it was... Um, Someone I think it's sawblades.com. Oh. It's sawblades.com, and they make them custom for whenever you call. And they're cheap. Like, it was like 30 40 bucks, And um, they were great. They have every kind of saw blade you could want. Every, and you can order it in different tips. You can order it in different rakes. You can order it however you want. Hmm. And the more you order, the cheaper it is. Hmm. So I actually need some nice. new blades for my, my bandsaw. Yeah, yeah. I, I got mine on Amazon last time I got <laughs> bandsaw blades. But check out check out that sawblades.com because sawblades sells your thing that your data ross oh yeah 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 they sell that orange one on yeah the, the cmts cmt yeah those are italians and, are they mm-hmm. yeah they, they seem like they're pretty expensive man i was thinking about upgrading my data stack i have there's so there's one uh on wait, amazon wait are you talking uh, about the eight inch one that's on your 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 tabletop your craftsman drill yes on the tabletop craftsman yep it's a it's a little rough which for the cornhole boards that's fine um for it to be a little (laughs) little rough but um no there's also like on all the middle blades there's only two teeth per blade Uh, i don't know if that's normal but i've seen some that have more so there are some that have more the only thing that you have to watch out for is you cannot put all the if it's the two teeth, so it's basically a long piece that's kind of like tapered on both yeah. sides. Don't have Chipper. it so they, yeah, the chip break, the chippers. Don't have it so they're all aligned because the weight mm-hmm. like ratios are off if they're all like basically right next to each other. You have to fan them out so it's like a deck of yeah. cards. Mm-hmm. And if you spread them out, it spins much more evenly, and you're fine. Awesome. Uh, that's that's a good call. Which uh, it's not shaking. I, I did spread them out pretty even. You know, make sure they weren't hitting any of the, the other teeth on the yeah. main saw blades on the ends. But um, it's kind of a little nugget though uh, for people trying to for like the beginner woodworker who wants to get a dado stack, but maybe doesn't want to spend a hundred bucks. Uh, I think I spent like forty bucks on this set, and um, it has all like the little shims, and it's pretty yeah. adjustable. I have it set up at a half inch. But um, I can't remember the name of it. But it, it was on Amazon, and it, it it does the job. I I, I know if, if I was cutting like some actual hardwoods, some nicer stuff, I'd want to upgrade though. Yeah, eventually. But it, it got my feet wet with the dado. And I will be the first to admit, the first time you turn on a dado stack, it is a like a, a death defying act. When you turn yeah, that thing scary. on and you are Sounds used to, weird. yeah, the sound is totally different. Ooh. When you're used to just like the standard blade going and then you turn on a dado stack and it's like, Ooh. 
you realize that like that that blade could take off an entire limb, like without oh, batting an eye. I know, I know. Those are scary especially you- the first time I ever used one. I didn't have zero clearance either. Oh, so it was like the factory grizzly one. This was a long time ago. Yeah, and like everything would. I mean, there was a huge space on either side of it. So if you cut anything small, you know, it would want to go. Yeah, that's yeah. not safe. Yeah, you definitely need to make a zero clearance. It feels a little safer that way. Yes. That would actually be a great hint for a beginning woodworker. If you do <clears> nothing else for all of your saws, make a zero clearance insert. And I know it seems like a luxury, but it is something you should do for oh, your own safety. It's a game changer. Yes. It's a game changer with the splintering and everything. I'd yep. have a dozen of them just for all your different data widths and different blade curves and all that angle stuff. cuts and what have you. Yeah. 45. Oh yeah. It's definitely a 45. Yep. Yeah. Hey, do you have some, uh, some video or tips or anything we could throw on the Instagram after the show? Uh, yeah, I could probably throw one or two things on there. I know a guy. Do you? Yeah. I, I think we should throw it on the Instagram. That'd be good. Okay. And Jess, what would you throw in as a nugget for your young woodworkers out there? A nugget for my young woodworkers. Or if you were telling something to yourself from eight years ago. Um, I don't know. Don't be intimidated, I guess. Just, I remember having a lot of anxiety when I would have uh, big projects coming up something I had never make. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to make it like somebody else would sell it in the store. And I didn't really even have a chance to talk to them. And you just start breaking it off with what you do know. Okay. I know how to do this part. Let's do that. I know how to draw it. All right. So always learn to start with a drawing and just break it off a little bit at a time. And then a little bit at a time, try to plan ahead. And the next thing you know, you're done with it. Like the next thing you know, you've, you finished it. You can't think about it as a whole. Just what's my next step? What's my next step? What's my next step? So strangely enough, I 100% agree with you if it's a project you're doing for the first time. But conversely, if you're doing a project that you've done before, that there are multiple difficult steps, I actually tell people to start with the hardest part Mm -hmm. and then work your way backwards to the easiest. And it's only because years of going into recording studios in prior lives I would always try and save the hardest song for last and I would be exhausted after tracking for however many hours and it would take mm-hmm. me four times as long to track the hardest song. But if I had just started with it, which I started doing about halfway through my music career, um, if I start with the hardest song, it would take me maybe an hour to get it done and I could do the rest of the album in like an hour and a half. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I do agree with that too. Yeah. What about you, Colton? What did you tell your your young woodworker self from a few years back? <laughs> uh, I, I have a I have a silly one. I mean, it's small, but it needs to get said. Okay. Right, so for gluing, wood glue, yeah. right? Tight bond. Do you use the the factory squirt bottle, the glue bottle, or do you have an aftermarket? Uh, I have the glue bot which is the aftermarket one. How about you? You you got something like that, Jess? I've got, I do both. Like usually that's what I'll throw in my bag if I'm going on a job, but usually I have, I don't have the glue bot. I have the Milescraft version of the glue bot. It's actually like better. 
So I, I got the Mousecraft one, and I was going to say, go ahead and buy the damn bottle, right? It, uh, it's so something nice. that you're doing all the time. It saves your forearm strength, right? This thing, it, you can turn it on its side. Uh, yeah, I, yeah so, so the, the Milescraft one, right? Uh, get on Amazon yeah. for 10 15 bucks, maybe less than that. And, uh, like, you could even fucking glue upside down on shit, right? Yeah, it's amazing. And, and it, yeah. yeah, small tip, but absolutely get it. Just uh, so and I wanted to recommend the, the little roller thing. It looks like a little bitty paint roller, uh, it, which it worked good once. And then I got glue in the joint or something, and it won't roll anymore. So it, and, just, it just pushes everything? In a circular yeah. fashion, yeah. Well, well, I got this more for like big glue ups on like uh, like whether it's tables or like uh, the multiple wood cutting boards and green yeah. stuff. But uh, I was trying to you know just make these corner boards more efficient because I, I use wood glue um, when attaching the, the frame to the top. Do you have to use because these are partially outdoor? Are you using Type On Two, which is water resistant, or Type On Three, which is waterproof? I'm using uh, Type On Two. Okay. Because uh, also, I mean, these boards have electronics on them, right? Uh, there's yeah, a yeah. there's a there's a full battery cell, and uh, LED controller is in line, and so it stays with the board. And yeah, so these are these aren't meant to survive the rain, anyways. So I, I use Type Bond Two. Um, yeah. Okay. My my little thing about glue is I quit using two just because it's so yellow. And it mm-hmm. leaves like a stain, especially like on a tabletop. If you get any squeeze out, uh, the th- three isn't so bad. No, for whatever reason, it, it's you know it's almost like a white glue. And I, I do like how two is thicker though. Yeah, so I do something that nobody else. I've never seen anybody else do it. It's funny that you talk about that because I was just talking about it today. I get a little, you know, measure right two quart bucket with a lid, right? Just like the things you mix paint in, yeah. the little plastic measure right things. Fill it about halfway full of glue, whatever glue. And, you, and right now it's tight bond three. I put a little water in it to make it a little thinner, just a little bit, not much. Maybe a quarter cup or a half a cup and, you know, maybe a quart of glue. And then you bake it, it for up. 375 degrees, <laughs> 20 minutes. Check it with a toothpick. Yeah. So I, and I have, you know, the chip brush is, right? Yeah. I throw a couple of those bad boys in there and put the lid on it. And then when I go to glue something, I open it up, tap them on the side, paint my stuff with that brush, throw them back in, close it up. When I'm painting and I have like a big top, I turn the lid upside down and I set the brushes on top of it. I've done that for years. And it and it's the fastest, cheapest. And then eventually the brush starts to rust. Or look, you just toss the brush, get a new brush. And I don't know. I love it. If you're ever doing like something where you're gluing, especially stuff that's an inch and a half wide. Yeah. You're gluing like a thicker top together. That's a lot of surface because when we did the barn doors, we did them in as a sandwich. So I'd have to glue like a four inch perimeter all the way around. And I double did it, you know, sweetened it up after I did it once instead of gluing both sides and trying to do it with a glue bottle and squeeze it and squeeze it and squeeze it and then brush that out. Yeah. I just almost put it on like paint. Like you would put on contact cement. Yeah. So that makes sense. Tidbit. I like yeah. it. You should try it. I like it. Hey, so why would anyone use Type Bond One? I've never even used it. Like the red. In all honesty, I haven't used it either. Uh, but it, if you're making a piece that you know is not going to be outdoor or water 
like heavy or in contact anywhere with water. So let's say you're making an end table for your bed. Chances are more than other than like a glass of water, you're never going to have moisture around it. Like you can use type on one for that one. Type on two. Uh, is, is it thicker or something? Like what's the benefit? Uh, it, it dries it pretty cheaper? fast. All right, dry, faster drying. Okay, that makes sense. It dries pretty fast. I, I think makes what's the one like when you do veneer that you can reheat up with a uh, mm. iron? I think that's type on one. So if you ever do like wood veneer over like, you know, MDF or whatever it is, even over a curved surface, you can put the glue on there and let it tack up and almost dry and then lay it and take an iron and it will re-emulsify that glue and you can get it to stick. A lot of people do wood veneer like that. Sometimes people make things with glue, like old horse horse hoof glue or whatever it is. And Elmer's. yeah, <laughs> well, a fine. It's interesting because there is a theory of thought that a fine piece of furniture that is going to be passed down from generation to generation, you can heat the joint up if a piece breaks and remove it because it's not permanent. You like take a heat gun to it and pull it apart make a new piece, repair it or whatever, and put it back together. Um, so it's kind of almost like a semi-permanent glue. Um, I, I wish I, I had known that before I cut the legs off the antique table I'm trying to repair at the yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> Try a heat gun. Yeah. Uh, Try a so heat gun. I, I literally, I'm, there is an antique cherry table that these customers that I had built this massive built-in set for they wanted me to, to try and repair it. And all four legs were basically the the grain direction on the center part of each of the legs. So think of them running. There were two parallel pieces on the outside and then a separate piece on the inside. So when sandwiched together, it looked kind of like a, a highway, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the center piece, all the grain direction was going vertical. And on the side pieces, it was going horizontal. And they thought, obviously, the cross direction of the grain would be better. Everything dried out completely on all four of the legs, and they had cracked and fallen apart. The leg was shaking, or the table was shaking all over. So I went to go take those off, and they were doweled in, like Amish-style dowels. With hide glue? I, I don't know if it was hide glue or not, but I was like, oh, I just need to take these off. So I grabbed the Japanese Ryobi saw. And just <laughs> cut them all off, and I, I made new legs for them. But uh, now I'm stuck with the problem of how do I reaffix these legs? Because, Type on three, but it's on, <laughs> but it's on a curved post, and I don't know. Should I flatten everything where they meet up, and then just do like a a massive floating tenon, or should I? I thought about doing uh, like floating dovetails that would basically fit into like almost like a bow tie from if you're looking from underneath the table, uh, it would look like a bow tie on both sides. That's that's like four inches long, but trying to line up everything on a curved surface like that is not easy. And it has taken me about two months longer than it should have simply because I don't know how to reaffix these legs correctly without, because I've tried doing dowels and they never line up. Like the direction of everything was off. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to do the floating tenons, like a huge domino, essentially. But I don't know. Craig's crew. <laughs> I was about to say, there is this, uh, yeah. 
That's French, right? The the pocket screw. Pocket, pocket screw. Pocket pocket screw. screw. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah it's, it's new technology. It's fancy. It is. Oh it is. God. But yeah, I, I, I can't quite understand what you're saying, but I'm sure that you'll figure it out. I'm sure I will. I have a deadline. You can't add a piece to it, like I'm trying a, to picture a, as well. an apron or so something. Think of to... it this way: if you flip a table upside down, you have the main yes. pillar, right? What kind of table? It is. Um, your coffee table? Yeah, no, it's like a Side console table. table. Yeah, okay. But like there, there are leaves that fold down that that do make it a full oval. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but imagine the table is upside down on, so mm-hmm. it's it's on the tabletop on the ground, and then the the legs would be coming off of it. I mm-hmm. cut right where the legs would meet the main post. I cut them with the saw, so I just have this post sitting there. But because it's an ovular table it isn't an even 90 degrees where they are yeah it isn't an even 90 degrees where all of them intersect so the legs Mm -hmm. don't sit perfectly even they're actually kind of like an x pattern Mm -hmm. and so trying to get everything to line up correctly is not working well you'll have to send me a picture of it i'll do it maybe maybe i can help you i don't know so, yeah. Post it on the Instagram, man. I am. I'm going to have to post it on them interwebs. I actually did a little while ago, and I had a couple people tell me I need to do sliding dovetails. But it's just I, – I I don't know why, but the sliding dovetails are scaring the hell out of me because I know I'm not going to yeah. do it right. You know, maybe, maybe one of our listeners, one of our 60 listeners at this point, will, um, will have a good idea on that. You know, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Hey, yeah, post it on Instagram. Hey, we're all ears, man. Go, go, fill the comments up. Yeah, <laughs> mock it up. You know, just do some tests. The thing is, is are you getting paid to fix this, or yes. this is just like no? This is getting okay. paid to fix it. So, so try try a little uh, try a little mock up or something. You know, don't don't start with your real leg. Try it a different way. Yeah, it'll come. That'll, yeah. Um, I had asked on them Instagrams what people would be interested in learning about and having us do a deep dive on. I saw that. And uh, Colton was nice enough to say bourbon, which is great. <laughs> Love that. Happy to talk <laughs> yeah. about whiskey any day. But we did have early a, times next week. Yeah. We did have um, a follower. It was Chris from Uncle Bones Workshop say he wanted to learn about what type of wood would be good for an arrow. And in all honesty, I would probably have to say. I guess it would be poplar. They used to be made out of willow back in the day for their strength, yet how light mm-hmm. they were. I guess you could do oak. Would maple be too hard or too heavy? I mean. No, I mean, I, I don't think that, that, so. That would be my first guess. but I, I Bamboo? Bamboo could be fairly strong. Yeah, bamboo is pretty good. I, I don't know the whole process. I know that you can actually buy pressed bamboo like boards hmm. online you could take that and then run it through a, um, a dowel maker well i don't know it might splinter too much but you could set up some sort of rig like with a drill and a piece of sandpaper and just round it all right that wouldn't be that hard okay. but bamboo to me is the longest has really good tensile strength in it in it I don't know what you're looking for with an arrow. Are you wanting it to stay rigid or do you want it to bend a you, little you bit you want it to have some flexibility but well, now uh, you're arrow expert. I <laughs> I am not an expert. Alder, Alder. Yeah. Well, you know when you see the slow mo of a uh, arrow going, it is bending. Yeah, it's floppy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm looking on here. It goes from Port Orford Cedar is best known for its shafts, wonderful aroma, physical weight, Douglas fir. I'm talking about shaft. So to me, it sounds like you want something lighter, but with a real tight grain. Yes. So I'm thinking maple. What about an Ipe one? Ipe would be way too dense. Way too dense. And, and maple's too dense, and maple is too uh, bendy. It Ma- always wants. Maybe the Ipe for a, a crossbow. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that would work. That's a shorter arrow. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll say we did the deep dive. So, Chris, there you go. Hope you enjoyed our deep dive into arrow making. So, Wait, I, uh, guess, yeah. uh, I got oh. a buddy, Greg. Oh, I was still on the arrow thing. Um, no, no. Greg, up in Dallas, uh, he, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him listen and comment. Cause he used to make uh, bows. He got real into that. So, I, I, we'll have some follow-up for next week. Okay. Fiberglass tree. Yeah, fiberglass works pretty well, but uh, this is a <laughs> it's, it's glass. So. Uh, All right. Uh, is there anything else you boys want to cover off on? I have a couple questions. All right, let's ask away. So what – have you, you mentioned Canva. Yes. Have you used Canva? Yes, I have used Canva extensively. And for those of you who don't know – uh, we're kind of diving in right now into photo editing and kind of uh, creative creation, if you will, kind of the same way that Photoshop would be. Um, when we were in our classes at WorkbenchCon, uh, uh, Bourbon Moth and KJ Sawdust put on a class about creating videos and content only on your phone. And you can do it only with your phone, which is great. But uh, they were using a program called Bizarre. And I did try that one. It worked okay, but the opportunities for being able to have a little bit more cleaner approach for creation were not there for me. So I found Canva to be much more user-friendly and have a lot more repertoire to it. And for the cost of Bazart to have a pro membership, it was about the same for Canva but you got four times the amount of opportunities with Canva. Canva does everything, right? It does video. Correct. It does, it does film. Yep. It does. It looks, puts it all on your social media. Correct. It helps you size it for social media, YouTube, everything. Correct. All in one. And program. they have a bunch of and, pre-done templates. They got all kinds of stuff. And you can be on your tablet and then leave and go home and go on your laptop and it's there. Correct. Whereas on Bizarre, that's not matter. the case. And if you have like an iPhone versus a Windows, it doesn't matter because it's all just through Canva through their website. Correct. That sounds like, you know, that sounds like the thing. And Canva works well with Shopify, right? Yes, it does. So tell me about Shopify, um, Colt. Yeah, Colton knows more about Shopify than I do. I love Shopify. What about it? So so basically, if I just – let's just say I'm going to sell something. We come up with some products and things that we're going to sell. I can just go to Shopify. It will create the website, help me load it all, help with the shipping, everything. Yeah, it has some templates that you can choose from Like if you're just trying to get a website up. If you're trying to really personalize and um, make some options and things, it takes some work from there. But it definitely can very easily just give you a, a selling platform. Does you, does Wix integrate with Shopify? Do you know? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. I, I just went straight to Shopify. Uh, just went with mine. Yeah. Well, uh, I had set up like a workspace with Google with our domain, and 
So I think my email still comes through there, but I think you can set that up. You can you can even buy domains through Shopify though as well. Interesting. But yeah, there's a yeah. there's a bunch of apps on there. Um, I guess my top few apps. Uh, I have several. So a lot of my uh, corn, all the cornhole boards are custom, right? And I somehow had to have a way to collect that at point of purchase. And so I have uh, two apps with that. One allows you to upload an image whenever you uh, are purchasing your cornhole board. And then I, it, I can then go access that image later. Uh, one thing about that, go ahead and buy the subscription because I didn't realize it was 30 days until it just dropped all your data. <laughs> so I have a, I've had to re-ask for uh, images of a few times, but then there's also one with notes where you can like add notes and uh, it'll be tied to that order number. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I had to get apps for like uh, to have a photo gallery. So as like uh, a separate page, you know, we put up a bunch of different um, of our old product, basically copy of my Instagram. Um, there are some other apps that will tie into Instagram to where it'll like show your Instagram feed on there. I, I haven't dove into Shopify those. Shopify does that, doesn't it? It, it links to your Instagram, like, because one of the ladies at one of the stores that I was talking to, she goes, yeah, Canva works with, I mean, not Canva, um, Shopify. Shopify works with Instagram. And she was showing how, like, you go to Instagram to go buy something and it takes you to your Shopify store. Now, you can link Instagram to almost anything. I actually link it over Instagram. to my Square store. So I use Square go. for mine. Okay. I will say mm-hmm. Square was easy to set up and it's easy to take money and move it and everything. Uh, the downside of Square that I have found is they use a service called Weebly uh, within the Square realm to create websites. But once you pick a website, you cannot change the the style of the website. Gotcha. So like once you pick one format, that is apparently your format from henceforth. No, no template changing. You just that's it. Uh, apparently that is the case. Now I I have to reach out to their IT department to or their help desk to see if that is truly an option. But when I've done any of my own research, I have come up with a big fat goose egg. So, yeah, I think I'm still going to use Wix. Wix is pretty powerful uh, for designing anything, and they give you a lot of support. But I can just I'm assuming once I get done building the website in Wix that that will link to Shopify. I don't know. I don't quite understand how it all works. I think it I have might be able to take it over. It sounds familiar. I'm I'm not positive, though. My boss was excited about the getmecabinets.com. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's pretty it's, – I'm pretty excited about I think about when you do the it. jingle, you need to do it in a pirate voice. Come on I'm down, get you land lovers, to getmecabinets.com. I, 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 I was thinking the same thing, but like a little Irish – Oh yeah, like, get to me cabinets. <laughs> get off me lucky charms. <laughs> if, hey, I'll, whatever works. If you be needing anything new, come on down to get mm. me cabinets. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember your uh, yeah. your St. Patrick's Day uh, reel you put out. Golly, yeah. you, you killed all the voices. I, I should know better than try, <laughs> even try. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, you think this is good? I think it's good. Oh, it's yeah. got a lot of things on the horizon well, and more to come. I think we got some great, good follow-up for next week. That is correct. Yeah. So for those of you listeners out there, if there's anything you have questions on, hit us up uh, via Instagram, and we will be sure to try and answer those questions next week. So until next time, from Colton, Jess, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench Podcast.
Have a good one.